welcome to the American Scouser podcast. I'm your host, Chris, back again with the OG Tamuchin. How are you doing, dude? Uh, pretty good, man. Just missing the boys. Yeah, man. It's, well, we're seeing plenty of the boys, just not playing football. Um, obviously. Yeah, wearing, wearing the new jerseys is all we're seeing. We're opening up boxes. <laughs> opening up boxes, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the only football we've kind of seen has been sort of the playoffs and Young Ray and Brewster doing his thing, and, and unfortunately missing out to Brentford with Swansea. But uh, Arsenal winning the FA Cup, so we'll, we'll, we might be playing them in the Charity Shield if that happens. And then them winning that pushes Spurs into the, into the qualifying stages and pushes Wolves out of Europe. And that's a whole other conversation for our end of the season preview or review. Um, so we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, you mentioned the guys in the shirts. Uh, the home kits and, and some some of the other merch uh, landed this weekend. Um, let's let's go straight for the for the home kit. What's your okay. thoughts on it? Nah, I mean, like <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not like so much against it or disgusted by it or something. Like some of the comments I see, I mean, I don't think it's the best. I mean, if you don't understand the green, I don't understand where you've been all these years. Yeah. So I'm not even addressing that. I don't know if you've seen the logo, but yeah. Uh, so. Apart from that, I think I understand the disappointment of not having something awfully original. And I don't know that's because, you know, they don't want to go crazy on the first one or, you know, it's Nike being lazy or whatever it is. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, I mean, we're going to buy the jerseys either way. As long as the boys are in it, we're going to be rooting for it either way. Exactly. Uh, every year, somebody's not going to be I mean, happy about the jersey. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, somebody's going to like that color. Somebody's not going to like this color. Every year, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, what I like as a design, you may not. Like, you're wearing exactly. the, uh, what is it, the toxic green? Yeah, that was the, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing that right now and people hated that. I loved I love it. it. I actually wear it to indoor soccer every week because we yeah. wear green. So, I mean, but I had a ton of people like, you know, hating it. So you're not going to make everybody happy. Obviously, the sales are not too shabby since yeah. they ran out and we get a percentage of that now. 20%? That's no. all I care. Mbappe 2020. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, here's the thing, right? With, with, with the, I, I'm very much one of these people that it could be brown with purple polka dots. I'll fucking wear it. If it's got a Liverpool badge on it, I'll wear it. I don't care. The gaudier, the better in my book. I mean, anybody that knows me personally or has seen any of my pictures and stuff, you know, yes, I have a big beard and everything else, but it's its normal color now. This is the longest it's ever been its normal color. You know what I mean? It's usually bright yellow, pink, orange, green. If I can get football kits, that are super bright and gaudy, I will wear them. I love the Dayglow. I love the Dayglow green. I love the Dayglow orange a couple of seasons ago. Yes, like, I had that one as well. <laughs> I was always a big fan of the yellow kits. Even the Warrior kits, I loved them because they were so ridiculously bad and gaudy. <laughs> I took pride in wearing them. I liked people. I like the fact that people go, oh my God, that, that kit is horrible. Yes, it's done its job. You know. And here's the thing, it's our team. It's not a fashion parade. I know everybody's so obsessed with social media and what they look like and all this kind of thing, you know, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And all your moaning and whinging and complaining isn't going to make a difference. And what's going to happen is six months down the line, you're going to buy the shirt anyway, because you're going to go, oh shit, I need to get the new shirt because I haven't got it yet. You know what I mean? So like, just, just go with it. It's just another kit that's going to change next year anyway. So, hey, 
Get over yourself. I mean, that's the thing. I think <laughs> most of it was because there were a lot of people against the whole Nike thing. Yeah. So this just it. fueled the fire because they did kind of use like a, you know, like a standard issue design, just change the colors and here you go kind of thing. Yeah. So I think they, it was already brewing and it just kind of like toppled over when they came out with this. Um, but at the end of the day, it's whatever the club makes. I mean, there are a lot of people like talking about, oh, like the tradition, we like New Balance because it was unique, but you couldn't freaking get it anywhere. Exactly. And New Balance could sell still the quality the that can... you wanted. Yeah, they came up with this great black jersey. Yeah, you can't get it anywhere. I'm still so, waiting for it. I mean, <laughs> not one. New Balance doesn't have, what, like a, probably a tenth of the stores that Nike has no. worldwide. And even the ones they had, I mean, I would go out of my way to go into a New Balance store. Yeah. To see if I can find some Liverpool stuff. It's the they only reason I would go. It's the only reason I would go in the New Balance store. Yeah, and they never Literally. carried it. Like only one out of like five stores actually carried clothing. It was like more about just shoes and like their yeah. base stuff and all that. So you're gonna be able to sell a lot more, and more importantly, you're gonna get a percentage. So you can go on one side and say, you know, oh FSGR, they're not spending the money. Why aren't they getting this guy? Why aren't they getting that that guy? And I come over here and complain about making money. I mean, it's all about making money. I understand the tradition is important, but if you want to keep but up with tradition? the big clubs, you got to make the money. There's and this, whichever there's way, this, it works. There's this preconception that there's a tradition about us having original kits. Here's the thing. Back in the day in the 80s and all that stuff, like that, you know, if you look back at, say, probably some of our most famous kits, the Hillsborough kit, the candy kit with the the fleck, the the gray, and the yep. that weird marble thing. We weren't the only team that had that back then. You know what I mean? Um, the only reason is I go back to the point on our fans being spoiled by this current Liverpool team. We've been spoiled on the pitch. We've been spoiled off the pitch by New Balance because New Balance were up and coming in the football world. They were trying to make an impact. They got so lucky with fsg and with us because if it wasn't for us they wouldn't be where they are now with football you know what i mean like liverpool put new balance on the map not the other way around and the reason they went out of our way to make those kits for us is because we put them on the map but they couldn't afford to keep up with our demand because we are right now the biggest football team on the planet yep you know so it, it's there's my dog barking <laughs> I'll edit that out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that we, we were spoiled those couple of years with, even with Warrior, they were original kits because they were a no-mark company. I'd never even heard of Warrior before. Same. You know? Um, and the same with New Balance. When we got New Balance, I was like, New Balance do football kits? That's a first. So, you know, it, it, we got things when they were coming in new, when they were trying to make an impact. We've now jumped from the young pretenders to the masters, in, yeah. in a sense, you know? And if you want to make this 20%, does it really matter? That 20% is going to pay for so much more, you know? Because we can't put fans in the stadium, that extra 20% is going to help us keep the club running. Put that money in the transfer coffers and get these players that we want to get. What would you rather have? A nice shirt that will look good on you on a Friday night or a football team that wins trophies? That's what you have to ask yourself. And that's the thing. I mean, you can't... Honestly, I thought... I mean, like you're saying, because New Balance didn't have so many accounts, yep. A, they can invest more time into design, I guess, and come up with something more original. 
Yep. And B, I mean, if it wasn't original, you wouldn't know it because they don't have as many teams. Exactly. Uh, so they might be selling it to a team that you haven't heard of on a smaller scale well, club. Hey, and here's you the thing. Know it. But even on that smaller scale, with Celtic and the Republic of Ireland, their kits. Yep. They're identical. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly um, looking similar, doesn't it? And the only difference is the fact they're not going to yeah. go through. And now you're with Nike. They make work with a lot more clubs. And yeah, yep. it's probably like most cookie cutter and stuff. I mean, like I say, at the end of the day, whatever design they come up with, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to. My case is, I think most of the people who do not like it were pretty much ready not to like it because they were not yep. big on the whole Nike thing. So they were oh, waiting ah. to not like it, and they were like, yep, exactly what I thought. I do not like it kind of thing. So, so but at the end is, of the day, it's the money. Just bring in the money uh, yeah. and assign the people. So since this is the day of calling people out, I'm going to call out my mate Jake Thompson from LFC Knoxville. <laughs> um, Here we he, go. He, he, no, <laughs> starting to beef. No, Jake's a good dude. Jake's a really good dude. But he's made no bones about not liking Nike. You know? Um, he, he has a personal hatred for Nike. Um, I won't mention some of the reasons because that could be personally offensive. You know, we don't want to be talking about how things fit and stuff like that. Uh, oh, you, you just so that went is, there. That's so that, nice backhanded. I like that. Go but ahead. That's, that's one, that's one of his reasons. I got you. You know what I mean? And I get it. Like, listen, I, I, I'm no fucking, I'm not exactly in the greatest shape in the world. You know what I mean? I stand at six, two and around 200 pounds. Uh, but I do have a bit of a belly. There's a reason why I even started the video podcast yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to make sure drop a few pounds and make sure we look good. Uh, no, but I mean, I, I have a bit of a belly as well. You know, I'm 42 years old. You know, it's, it's harder for us older gentlemen to, to, to keep that triangle shape that looks so good with Nike uniforms, you know? Um, <laughs> you I'm going to have to take your word on that because I'm not going to know, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fair enough um but yeah like that that's that's the thing i know that's a, that, that's a concern for some people and again it points back to that thing get over yourself just wear it if, if it's your team if you don't like it don't buy it if you do like it buy it if it's not going to fit you right buy a bigger size or, or do whatever you have to do but just complaining about it all the time and, and that takes me on to another complaint uh, lebron Oh my God! Yeah, don't let, let's get started on this. Go I'm, ahead. I'm what not, is your Ameri- take on I'm not American, and I, and I don't follow basketball. Uh, I don't follow American sports just because I, I didn't grow up with them. I watched a bit of the NFL back in the '90s, and I watched a bit of basketball when it, I like like I like the All Star Game. I like the three point competition. I like the slam dunk competition. My God, but, man, you like like the worst parts of American sports, by the way, to me. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. <laughs> And I've watched some basketball games and it's one of the American games, a bit like hockey that I can, that I can actually stay, that can keep my attention because there's not 49 breaks. There's not like a play, break, play, break, play, break, play, break, like it is in the NFL. Um, so, you know, it's a bit faster and it's a bit like, like soccer, football, where it keeps going. But again, I don't know the ins and outs. All I've read about LeBron James that I know about LeBron James is the guy opened a school on his own dime the guy is a, is a is a you know a stakeholder in our club um i mean from from what i see like the complaints that i see and when i ask what do you have a problem with lebron and they're like they think he's he thinks he's better than he is or he's so far up his own arse and but you'll sit and cheer for conor mcgregor 
who does exactly the same thing. These guys at the super high level, it's all about positivity. It's all about saying, you can't go out there and say, I'm not good at this. You have to believe you're the best to be the best. It's just the way it is. Now, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from all the, the LeBron haters for this. And that's fair enough. Bring the hate. I need to be educated on this because I would rather be educated and know. You know, but for me, from what I've read, the only thing I see is people have an issue because they think he's cocky. I think that, I mean, okay, I don't know. so I'm a, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. I don't know. Different. I do follow basketball and I'm actually a Lakers fan. So okay. maybe a slight, but I mean, I don't <laughs> know, to me, LeBron is as much a Laker as he was a Heat. I mean, whatever he goes, he's, I mean, he's a good professional. He's a good yeah. businessman. Aside from being, I mean, even though he's aging, uh, the best, if not one of the best players right now. Yeah. And any of those guys, I mean, you know, the player I kind of like, you know, over the years watched, adored, you know, like followed, like Kobe. I mean, these guys, especially American sports, when they're top of their game, they're cocky. It's kind of part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the personality, the overconfidence that they have in themselves to take that last shot or to have yep. the ball in your hand at the end of the game, whatever it is, kind of comes, eventually breathes into arrogance or you perceive it as arrogance. Their overconfidence to us comes exactly. across of arrogance. So, and like I say, as one of the best players, I mean, if I was one of the best players, I would probably be a little arrogant myself. So. Yeah. I have no issues with that. I think, and it's the guy's brand. I can guarantee you. I mean, people talk about, you know, when we were going after Pulisic or there's like other like American names coming out. They're like, oh, it'll be great for marketing. Yeah. But then you're against LeBron pushing your name. Exactly. Probably the biggest name in marketing. Yep. It makes no freaking sense. <laughs> well, that, that's like saying, oh, well, we shouldn't assign Minamino because we don't need the Japanese or, or, or the Asian um, market. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are saying we signed Minamino so we could get into the Asian market. That I don't think that's how this club runs. And I don't think that's how Klopp works things. Like, I don't think they came to him and went, hey, we need an Asian player so we can hit the, the market. He saw a football player that he liked and he bought him. You know? Yes, and it probably worked. Or, I mean, I can and see it just it so if there were like two, it... three options and, you know, it weighed into the decision making. Maybe, yep. maybe. But I just don't think, I mean, that's another thing. You have these players, whether you design to do it or not, you have some of the best players out of Africa on your team. Uh, you have, you know, like a guy like Minamino for the, you know, the Asian market, whatever. Yep. So you're like a worldwide brand in terms of the stars you have on the team. Yep. So you're going with a worldwide brand like Nike who can, you know, reach out to all these people with all their stores and everything. <laughs> And exactly. sell it. And now that we're getting a percentage, it's a big deal. If it was just a set price and Nike was going to make the cash, then, okay, maybe get a little offended. But if LeBron wearing the Liverpool jersey in a freaking Instagram photo or whatever is going to help us sell another couple of freaking million jerseys and we're going to get another 20 million or whatever, all the power to him. Exactly. You know, are they going to complain if Serena Williams is standing there? And doing it, doing, I mean, Tiger, I mean, they have so many big names that they've signed. Why not use them? And, you know, obviously, I think so. people are almost offended that it's becoming almost, in their eyes, like too commercialized. But it's kind of yeah. like the name of the game. I mean, you're probably still playing catch up. Despite all the success we've had and how much they've yeah. sucked, 
we're still gaining grounds on United in terms of how much income they bring. Exactly. We're still trying to close the gap because they've been smart enough. They've just been too stupid in terms of how they spent that money. But, you know, if we had that exactly. money and spent it wisely, how much further would we along anyway? So, exactly. like I say, bring that money in, close this gap in terms of like financial income so you don't complain about people going to, you know, like Barcelona and stuff like that because they are bringing more money and you yeah. got to do everything you can. I understand, like I said, that's, I think the biggest concern comes from people thinking of it like, oh, it shouldn't be all about money, but yeah. that's what buys the players. That what pays the wages. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Exactly. You have to do whatever is necessary to bring that money in. Well, you got to think we're, we're also... You know, at this time, we're actually in a, in a really good position where because we're not making any revenue from gate receipts, that we have this extra income that covers us that a lot of club or other clubs simply don't have. Because this is a unique deal. We're the first to do it, you know, so it, it's kind of... Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because, I mean, I can remember when I was... 15, 16 years old, um, all those many, many moons ago. Um, <laughs> and I can remember as a kid the arguments that we would have about football. And it was purely about the team playing football. At the odd time, there would be things, oh, that's a nice kit. And there would be arguments about who has the nicest kit. But that was it. Nowadays, with, you know, the birth of the internet, games like Football Manager, FIFA, getting super in-depth and allowing people to learn a little bit about how football clubs work behind the scenes. That everybody, like it's been with the pandemic, everybody suddenly becomes their own expert. Yes. And I know I'm guilty of it. I, I've been guilty of it too, of thinking, well, oh, well, I did this and they should be able to do that. And, and it just simply doesn't work that way because it's not a game, you know? Um, like you can't just simply go and drop 200 million on Mbappe and you can come in and you can tweak the settings a little bit in the game and he'll score 45 games, 45 goals a season for you. It doesn't work like that in real life, you know? And I think people like only look at it as almost like a financial thing. Like they just yeah. look at the bottom line. Like, Oh, do you need a new TV? Can you afford it? Then why not buy it? You know, I mean, it's not exactly. the same concept where, you know, like th that whole Timo Werner thing. I mean, the 50 mil parts, yeah, it's definitely affordable, but you got to talk about, you know, you got to think about like weight structure, how it fits with the other players. You can just bring this guy in, make players him like, more well. than everybody else who brought you the title. There's a lot of like other factors that go into it that I think, you know, you can just look at just the numbers and make that decision. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and again, like it's more than, like you said, more than the numbers, even players' personality on and off the field is a big thing as well. Um, you know, there's just so many varying factors when it comes to things like that. And what a lot of people, all the people see is the net spend, what we brought in and what, we, what went out. What you have to take into account is the hundreds of people that work behind the scenes for the club, you know, from everybody from the guy sweeping the, the stadium to the CEO. You know, all of that is happening behind the scenes. The shops, the training grounds, the youth teams, all this sort of stuff that's happening. It's more than just your plus minus balance in the transfer market or and how much the club is worth. 
And not only that, I mean, we spend a lot more on wages now. I mean, yeah, we haven't signed anybody new, but they redid pretty much all the contracts except, I mean, Jeannie was the only person we left talking about. Everybody's contracts are extended extended, and the wages have gone up. So even though we haven't signed anybody in the last maybe like, what, like two, three, four windows in terms of like big money, you compare what we're paying in terms of wages now compared to two seasons ago, it is night and day. Exactly. I think a couple of seasons ago, the only people over a hundred grand were... um... Were Coutinho, yeah, Phil, and then um, um, Suarez, I think, yeah, was one. But I, I, there was only a few players over a hundred. I think there's, there's at least, I would say, the majority of the first team were over a hundred yeah. grand now. You know, and so, that kind of helps keep these guys in a way, so they didn't get lured by. I mean, exactly. like I say, you just cannot have everything that we're enjoying right now in terms of having a good squad that we're able to really keep. Even in this rumor crazy world, you don't hear a lot of rumors about any of our players going somewhere else. No, and you know, and that comes with being able to be more financially stable, successful, and it all happens with money at the end of the day. So well, what, whatever what I've that make us more money, go for it. Yeah, speaking on the transfer thing, and what I've noticed is, like you said, you don't see any rumors about our players leaving. You literally hear about a player leaving and he leaves. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that, that's literally how it works. It's like, oh, he's going here and then bang, he's gone. So when I see a rumor come out about one of our players leaving, it kind of piques my interest because we don't see it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas with players coming in, we're linked with fucking everybody on the planet. Um, you know, like e- even players that, are virtually at the training ground of other clubs signing their contracts and people are still linking them to us, you know, um, because, you know, we're the it club at the minute with the great financial, you know, stability and all this kind of stuff. You know, we're champions. We can go and buy all these things. I, I, I mean, we don't need a lot as far as transfers go. Um, we just need to plug in a couple of little holes here and there, you know, um, and I think we've done so well in finding like talents. Yeah. So now everybody is almost like, uh, you know, if you're going to follow a model, you're going to find a follow the Liverpool model. Yeah. So if you are able to get a peek at our shopping list, you're going to. So if you're an agent and if you want to bring the price of your guy up, all you got to say is hey, Liverpool likes him too. Yeah. And everybody's going to be like, Oh wait, what? They like him too. Cause they're dead on with everything. So exactly. automatically, I mean, that's why your name is going to get thrown in anybody and everybody by their agents. Even if you're not remotely interested in the guy. Yeah. And that, that's it as well. I mean, it, even when you look at say like Chelsea haven't been able to spend for two windows, you know, and they've, they've already come out of the, out of the, out of the traps. You know, Farron, basically, you know, they, they've landed Werner and, and, and Zayek from, uh, from Ajax. And then there's obviously the rumors of Havertz and, and a couple of other players that we've also been linked to. Um, you know, United have, have, have started their recruitment thing. Um, apparently, Sancho's close to joining them, but I don't yep. know how true that is. Um, but again, those are big money signings that those teams desperately need. Yes. We don't need big money signings because we're basically, you know, with what we have, we ran away with the league this year. Why do we need to go and spend 150 million on a player when we ran away with the league this year? You know, um, if there hadn't been a COVID break, I reckon we would have absolutely just trounced that league completely. And I think the break hampered us breaking those records. 
but that's what I'm saying. We don't need anything massive. We need a couple of little things here and there just to bring us up to speed um, on the bench and stuff so that we have extra options. And especially with the Champions League and going at that next year, um, we, need, we still need that depth. But um, I think yeah, you just we can replace some of the players you lost. Exactly. I mean, sadly, we still do, in my mind at least, have the same needs we had last summer, which oh, is sure. you know, the backup left back and a winger. Yeah. So that we can stop trying to make wingers out of Divock and Ox. Yeah. But uh, I mean, those are the same needs. But then again, you know, we said this probably same time last year in a podcast, and didn't <laughs> happen. And look what happened. So obviously, they know something we don't. But, oh my, my uh, well, last, paper, this, when you look, you're like, this is what we need. But obviously, they know better than we do. This time last year, um, I was chatting with my mates about us not buying anyone. And going into the start of the year and thinking, you know, oh well, maybe we'll we'll recruit in in January and we'll fill on <laughs> those holes or whatever. And it never happened. And I was like, but again, look at what we did. Yeah, you know, it, it's not like we desperately needed it right then. Likelihood, I mean, touch wood. Um, you know, hopefully we don't have to do it again this year. But it would be nice to have it just in case, because we could see. A little bit of the drop-off when certain players didn't play, you know, when Hendo wasn't in the squad. Uh, I could only imagine what happens when Virgil's not there. Um, yeah. You know, um, even when Manny's not in the team, there's a completely different outlook to that left-hand side, you know. Um, so it just, it, it's, like I've said it before, we're a, a team of superstars that play as a cohesive unit. There's not one player that stands out above the rest. And I think that's the difference between this team now and this team four years ago. This team four years ago, you would have players like Coutinho was the best player on the team at the time. Or yeah. Suarez was the best player in the team. You know, this year there's been a massive argument about who's the best player. Is it Mo? Is it Mane? Is it Henderson? Is it Allison? Is it VVD? Is it Trent? Is it Robbo? Is it Bobby? Like, you just... Because we're a cohesive unit, that's how we play. We don't need to buy marquee superstar players so that we can have that superstar player. I think know? the only downfall of that has been when a couple of the pieces are changed, it yeah. is just night and day suddenly. And I think that's what it is. I think like it's, cup games. it's the lack of the plan B, so to speak, or that the, and then, you know, let's do that inverted comma thing. The plan B, um, it just seems to be a lot of the same, but a lot of the same using players that don't really fit. And I think the plan B should be, you know, Devaka Rigi's a big guy. Use him as a target man. Stop putting him out in the left wing. You know, if we, if we need a goal and we have to go direct, there's nothing more perfect than sticking a, t- a big man up front. You know, yeah. and then have the likes of Mane or, or Salah running off him. He can nod the ball down and they can run onto it. You know, as a plan B. Um, I feel not, like not we that I'm trying very, to very, very rarely do that. You know, yeah. like, I mean, even like Van Dyke, there has been very rare times where they're like, okay, like go up front and try to bring the ball back down. Because yeah. I think in some ways... That goes with the overall German style philosophy. Play the way you know is right till the very end, and it's yeah. gonna work. Like stick with the plan. It's and that's the thing. I, it's not like I'm trying to be an expert and trying to tell Klopp how to do his job. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the devil advocate, and I'm point out a lot of the arguments that I see and a lot of people point out. And the one thing I have seen is the lack of the plan B, and it's something I kind of agree with a little bit because there's been a few times I've been frustrated where I've been like, why is he not making a substitution? You know, um, why, why is he not, 
you know, why why didn't he try tweaking it a little bit? You know, it, it just so it can be a little bit frustrating as a fan to see that kind of thing. Yeah, especially when it doesn't work. But most of the time, in the last year, it has worked. So <laughs> again, <laughs> exactly why mess with a good thing? <laughs> why why are we really complaining? You know, it just. I, you know, I'm, I'm resigned to the fact that Jurgen Klopp is Jurgen Klopp, and he's going to do Jurgen Klopp, and I'm very, very happy to just let him sit back, to sit back and let him do that, buy whatever players he wants because he hasn't failed me yet. You know, like, I think part of it is like the worry that you know, you look at Chelsea, you look at all these teams like spending money, adding pieces. They're like, oh, are they going to close the gap? But I mean, you can't play that game and try to no. do this game because A, we don't need it. B, I mean, I don't think financially it would work. And who are you going to replace? I mean, it's a matter of like having this unit. That's our strength and you don't yeah. want to mess with that. I mean, I'm thinking like, like a club like Chelsea is spending all that money. And I know they had like some windows where, you know, obviously they had the ban and they couldn't spend it and stuff. But I mean, that's almost like too many guys that I feel like they're kind of conning on trying to be able to move off some of their young guys or some of their other guys off the squad because I mean you don't want to have a 30 guy squad either and I'm thinking they're hoping to bank off of some of those guys but um yeah I mean and the Sancho coming and stuff like that I feel like some of these teams are they need the spark I mean when you're like you know 20 points 30 points behind the champions you yeah. need to make some changes to bring that excitement and have a more positive outlook Here, to the new season here's the thing though they weren't even 20 30 points behind us they were 20 30 points like they were 20 points behind second place yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like you know so like when you look at United and Chelsea and the money they're spending and the money they have spent and they're still chasing us you know, we're still miles ahead of them. And even with City, the amount of money, like, what is it? I read Guardiola has spent $497 million on just defenders. Yeah. Just on defenders. Money. You know what I mean? Like, and, and still, all these big money, big name defenders, and still 20 points behind us, you know? Um, so I, I, I've... I've always been one of those people that doesn't prescribe to the fact that we need to spend big, big money. Don't get me wrong. I love nothing more than a big marquee signing. Like if, oh, yeah. if, if we sign Mbappe tomorrow, I'd be beside myself. You know what I mean? Or Lewandowski or, or anybody of that ilk. You know, yes, I would be happy about it. But do I think we need it? Not desperately, no. It goes back to what you're saying. We're kind of spoiled. Even when we came yeah. back, we were like, oh, play the young guys so we can see some new shiny toys because yeah. we're still on the same team winning all the time. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's all about like being like a little bit spoiled. Like we want a new shiny toy. But I mean, hopefully, you know, that's going to be the – and looking more and more like that's the way, that's the route we're going to go is using these young guys and kind of like trying to fit them in like Jones and Nico and those like hopefully like Harvey and stuff like yeah. that. So Brewster coming back potentially, I don't see, I really think we should be moving Wilson to be honest with you yeah. and kind of like putting our eggs in another basket. But I think, I think Wilson moves on. I saw rumbles today that Swansea um, want to make Brewster's move permanent. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Um, I might've just picked it up on a rumor page. But that's an interesting thing as well. Um, it would be interesting to see how... We I feel like that. there is still hope in Brewster. I, at this point, I don't think Wilson has enough to be able to play as a starter. I mean, he's going to score a couple of like ridiculous goals, but you yeah. already have a free kick specialist and then some other ones behind him before you even get to... I mean, is he going to take it over Trent at this point? So, 
you know, you don't really need him for that. And aside from that, in terms of like the buildup and stuff, I just don't think he has what it kind of takes. So you kind of like move on from him. Whereas Brewster, before Minamino came, I felt like he was the only other guy that could kind of fill in Bobby's shoes in yeah. terms of like the style, his pace, his agility, his movement and stuff like that. So I still think there's hope there as opposed to with Wilson. I feel like, yeah, it's, we should just move on and, you know, get like 20, 25, whatever yeah. you can for him ideally. Oh, I, I like Harry Wilson and, and I like him as a player and he, you know, he is a very good player um, and he did okay at Bournemouth. But again, he struggled to even get into the Bournemouth team. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, the way I look at it and the position that he plays, he plays that kind of advanced midfield or right wing role. And, you know, you're either competing with Genie and Hendo or Harvey and Salah, yeah. you know, and Shaq and Ox and all these other players. Um, he's just way at the back of that queue for me. And um, or line if we're gonna do an American. So speaking um, of Shaq, by the way, <laughs> do you think? I mean, the word today, like I was reading, they're like they were wearing the new jerseys in the photo shoot, which means more like than likely these guys are staying. Do you buy into that? Or I don't buy into that. Put on the shirt. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't buy into that at all. Um, I, you know, there's been plenty of occasions where uh, look at. <laughs> here's an example. Look at Chelsea and David Luiz. They unveiled True, yeah. their brand new kit. He was their figurehead for that up on their store. Two days later, he was an Arsenal player. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, not that we could compare ourselves to Arsenal and Chelsea, but I'm just saying I don't prescribe to the fact that they were taking pictures in the shirts. I think everybody, all the players, yeah, I, agree. In I for just it. saw that. They're, they're, not, they're not just going to pick one or two players to come down and model the shirt. They get all the team in, they all take pictures, and then they pick the ones they like that, are, that look good. Yeah, I mean, if you somebody know? comes in and makes a good offer for us, I don't think we're going to be like, oh, but we took pictures with the jersey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's going to be a decision. I read that somewhere and I was like, really? So that's why I figured like I pick your brain on it too. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know. It feels like either because of his injuries or just I don't know what he does in practice or whatever. He just doesn't get the opportunities. But yeah. he's really the closest thing to being able to play on the wing compared to Ox or Divock in my mind, but somehow yeah. he's not be able to get that. Yeah, I mean that, that's what I'm saying. I mean the few games that he has played for us, um, he has been impressive. You know, he was such a big part of that Barcelona comeback. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean even the in preseason when he was over here and the overhead kick against United, ah, and all, United. All, the, all those things like we know he's a phenomenal footballer. But for some strange reason, it just hasn't happened for him with us. Um, and it's going to be hard because he's directly competing with Mo Salah, who right now is probably the best winger on the planet in that position. You know? But I mean, you got to figure if you're in his position and yeah, you feel like, hey, Salah is my competition. And I know like he was injured, but when he was not injured, yeah. you see people who normally should not or not actual wingers take yep. your spot ahead of you. I mean, that has to be a message being sent to you as you're not doing something right. Exactly. Exactly. But it, it's hard to tell. I mean, for me, the, the, the players that look at, I mean, Lalana's already gone and Lovren's already gone. Um, and I mean, we had that chat last week about Genie and, and, and possibly Divock and Shaq going and stuff like that and who would come in. And, you know, we're kind of in that no man's land. Everybody's on holiday, so we're not going to get a lot of information. 
Yeah. You know, as I think it's a lot of people are like, oh, we should be doing this and doing that. Everybody's on holiday. Well, the players and, and you're going to run holiday for, for the next, well, uh, they've got another week left or whatever. So we're, we're not going to hear anything about transfers, I think, until the players come back or until at least Jurgen comes back. At uh, least nothing but rumors. You, you're hearing a lot yeah. of rumors, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, speaking on rumors, I heard a rumor that uh, we have another podcast coming out this week as well. Um, this is a special <laughs> podcast. Uh, on Sunday, I had the, the great pleasure uh, to sit down with Mike Wilson um, from Steps for Stephen um, or the Derby Rimmer uh, MND Foundation. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, that's the Motor Neuron Disease Foundation set up by former Liverpool player Stephen Darby, who was uh, diagnosed at the age of 39 um, with, with the disease uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and his good friend, Chris Rimmer, who's a, a British veteran, uh, who's also um, a little further along in his journey with, uh, with that for the American audience. Um, that's ALS, um, or Lou Gehrig's disease. So we'll be talking about that. Um, but we're, uh, we're running out of time. We've got lots of other stuff. Check out the website, americanscouser.com, uh, at LFC America on Facebook, uh, americanscouser.com on Facebook, and at americanscouser blog on Instagram and Twitter. Get involved with us. Check out all the articles. We've got lots of new merch up on our Shopify page. Uh, again, hit the website for that. Tamuchin, thank you again, dude. Um, thank you as always, sir. Uh, we'll get to work on some more stuff. And uh, yeah, don't forget, turn on, tune in, cop out to the American Commercial Podcast. I can nearly speak. Never welcome.